Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. This is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 26, where we will be getting real about perfectionism and success. Such a heavy topic. Very heavy topic. And I think so many people, at least in my office, have been dealing with it heavy recently. Same. It's funny when you, Christy, was it earlier today or yesterday, was like, oh, I have a topic for the podcast. And she told me that she wanted it to be about like success and accomplishments and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that lines up perfectly with the topic of perfectionism because that's actually been coming up a lot for not only myself, but a lot of the people that I've been working with in the therapy office. And you also were like, not only has it been coming up for me personally, but also for the people that I've been working with. So what a perfect topic to kind of continue our conversation about our relationships with ourselves and how we view ourselves. And then also kind of turning that perspective into not just ourselves, but into what we do. Sure. The work we do. And where does the inner critic show up? And how are we looking outside of ourselves for validation from other people Mm -hmm. in whether it's the work that we do or the relationships that we have? I think it's, it's an amazing place to start. And this is probably not gonna be the first time we what we have this topic. Oh yeah, no, probably not. And I know that probably in previous podcasts, we've touched on it. In some way. No, I'm sure it's come up in unhelpful thinking. It's probably Mm -hmm. come up in boundaries. It's probably come up in other... We talked about relationships and stuff because the beliefs that we have about what what is success, what do accomplishments mean Mm -hmm. to us and to others, and also, like, do we expect ourselves, do we expect others, do we think others expect perfection from us? Right. And And what that means. And I think for myself personally, I struggle with it because the thoughts are separate from the feelings like okay yes I know I'm doing these things but I don't feel that sense of like satisfaction and the best way that I can describe it for myself is kind of like and we've talked about it before about pouring into other people that are just taking taking from you and it's never enough yeah but I feel like if I had a cup within myself there's a hole in the bottom of it and I was talking to somebody that I that I work with not one of my clients And I said, you know, I'm struggling with patching the hole to where I feel like what I do is enough. I feel like I'm satisfied with the work. Not that I don't think the work that I do is good. No, absolutely. But there's a feeling that's missing there. Yeah. Like you're doing good work, but you could probably be doing more. Always be doing more. Or what comes next? This is going to be done soon. So what's what's on the back burner? And actually right now I am teaching meditation, which I love. And so in starting the studio, I want, I wanted to branch out and go out to other places and teach as well. But I'm in this weird place right now where I'm still seeing a full caseload of people and getting the classes started and not quite ready to go out. And somebody reached out to me from an organization, which would be a very big deal to get in with this organization. And I said, yes, um, the month of November is kind of really crazy, but let's schedule a time to talk. And she emailed me today and said, I'm free tomorrow before 11. You were like, oh, geez, I need well, more and time then, than that. You're well, like, I'm booked for this week. And for me, it comes down to, well, you got to do make this call. And then I'm, mm. you know, in my head saying, and remember to stick to your boundary of when an appropriate time to start that would be because oftentimes I'm, I'm like, I'll just do it. I'll just take it. Right. And the, then, this person said that, so I have to go with it. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily things that I feel obligated to do or that I don't want to do. It's just there's not enough time in the day for everything that needs to be done. Oh, there's never enough time. No. 
So one of the things that's pretty awesome, and I know Christy doesn't want to share this about herself, so I'm going to toot her horn for her, is here in the city of Pittsburgh on a yearly basis, there's a local magazine that does an award called Pittsburgh's 40 Under 40. And Christy was nominated and selected for this year's included nominees of Pittsburgh 40 Under 40. And in talking with her, that getting that, which is also something that you have, we tried before. We tried to nominate her, was it three years ago? Mm -hmm. It was about that, three Mm -hmm. or four years ago? Yeah, I think it was right when we were starting to open the second location. So that's probably about Mm -hmm. right. And at that time, it's very interesting because I knew afterwards that you guys had done it and that I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, and I was so honest to God moved by the letters that people wrote for me that I was just like, can I have these? Thank you. Can I just like these that for was me? Just so, I know. Yeah, it was very sweet. And I was like, ah, well, just knowing that the people that I work nominated with really, you, yeah. you know. So she was nominated again by the people that she worked with. I wrote a letter for her and so did a, a bunch of other people that work with us at the village and just people that know her and she was selected this time. But I also know in talking with you that that was something that kind of stirred up a lot of these success and accomplishments and achievement issues. Mm-hmm. So which is why it kind of works out perfectly to have this topic on our It podcast. totally does. And thank you very You're much, welcome. by You're the welcome. way. It's it well is- deserved. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's very, oh, it just stirs up so many emotions because I have to say, I get this email from the people and I'm alone in my office and I get this like, oh my God, like I was selected. Yeah. How freaking exciting. Like, this is awesome. And then immediately I was like, okay. So, and the, not panic sets in, but like the thoughts set in, like, what's this person going to think? Or what's that person going to think? Or what, I don't want people talking about me. And I remember talking to somebody and being like, they, and they said, well, the spotlight's going to be on the village soon. And I was like, no, like, this is very exciting. <laughs> Say it isn't so. <laughs> this is very exciting. Don't let the hater. And the, the person was like, haters who? And I was like, I don't know. But like, it's just, just for the me. the fear of it. The impact of what social media does to us and just this idea of like what eyes are looking at you and mm. what people are saying and what the, and quite honestly, it, it turns all the way back around to what I said about like filling that cup of not feeling the feelings of like the work that you do or whatever. So how this came up, I can share. Yeah. Um, so that was on a Monday and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So of course, like you get kind of excited and the email says this information is confidential don't tell anybody and so I'm what like, did you do immediately told you <laughs> it's so true she came into my office and closed the door with her phone <laughs> clutched to her chest i have to paint the picture her phone is clutched to her chest and she goes gretchen i have to share something with you and it's confidential. And it's confidential, and I'm not supposed to tell you, and I don't know how serious this is if I tell you. So, of course, my mind is racing. Like, oh, God, what client did something? What person murdered something? Like, the, it goes to the worst place, right? right so right. she then, she doesn't say anything. She was like, but I figured if I don't tell you from my mouth, if you just happen to read <laughs> it on my phone, then I'm not telling you. You just, like, oops, found out about it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So she hands me her phone, and I read that she has been selected for Pittsburgh's 40 under 40. And I was like, that's it? You asshole. (laughs) You had me terrified that it was something worse. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
And like the people, well, later, but I think, oh, but that, let me just say, because I think that that's really indicative of like how serious you were taking it because <laughs> right. you were like, listen, this is legit. And I don't know if they're going to come and take this away from me. If I share it. Right, I know. Right, right, right. And, I know. And well, it brings up this. Do they there give it are, to me by mistake? Well, right. There are 39 other really successful people. What am, you know, oh my gosh, what, who are they? And what do they do? And, you know, how much, like, it's just so, like, I can't even tell you, like, where your mind goes. It's crazy. Well, so this is what's interesting as one of your best friends, partner in this podcast, right? Like, known you for how many years? You told me that you were, like, and I don't even know if I felt this the first time because it was four years ago. Mm-hmm. But this time when the person who nominated you came to me and asked me to write a letter in support of the nomination, I, of course, was immediately was like, yes, I will absolutely write a letter again. Totally 100%. But then there was also a part of me that was like, well, why am I not being nominated? Am mm-hmm. I not doing mm-hmm. enough? It immediately sparked that part of me that was like, oh, no am I not pushing enough for my own success? Mm -hmm. And it made me think about, well, what are my accomplishments? And so the whole like comparison thing that we've talked about before started coming in. We're like, I never compare myself to you. But in that moment, because we're different people Mm -hmm. and we have Mm -hmm. different lives that are completely different. But then like Mm -hmm. in that moment, I was like, God, am I never going to do anything that I don't get acknowledgement for? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, but then why is that important? Like, why do I need to do anything where I'm getting public acknowledgement for? Mm-hmm. So how did that feel for you to then be knowing that you're getting public acknowledgement for the work that you have been doing for the village, for the volunteer work, for all of that kind of stuff, which I know you weren't doing it for that. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. here you are getting acknowledgement for things that you never intended to be acknowledged for. I didn't feel that part of it. Mm. And it's very interesting because we had a photo shoot for this and I was talking to one of the other nominees and he was joking around and he was like, so what'd you do to get here? It had to be something. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, all these people here did something. I don't know them by their faces or whatever. And he was like, and what comes next? Is there a hundred under a hundred that only the 40 under 40 are like so <laughs> He's like, and what comes next? Dot, dot, dot. So that's where I went immediately. Uh, like, and you were like, <gasps> right? What I was is like, next? And, right? And so is what everything I've done up until this point enough? And what, not what tops that ever, because like you said, like I don't go into it with yeah. that mindset, but it definitely sparked up this, Am I living up to something that I'm not going to keep up on? Mm. Right. And, Am I then, and that award? almost gets you panic. Like, I I can't breathe. I don't know, like, what are people going to expect? And then, like, is it like, oh, yeah, then she got this and she kind of, like, didn't do anything. Or did she really? And it's crazy talk to me because every person that I was able to tell, not that day, of course, nobody's as special as Gretchen, but... Um, <laughs> Ha ha ha. You heard it here first. But the people that I told that were like, oh my God, are the people that are like, they know that I'm not meeting up with them because I'm at work or that I'm running to Target at an ungodly hour to buy this or do that. And like all of those times that like add up to be like, no, I'm just doing this because I want to provide a service for the community. And you and I had talked before, like, we've both done a lot of volunteer work. So much. And starting up, remember when we were at HDS and started the Get Your Ass Out of Bed group? We did. That was the best. We started the Get Your Ass Out of Bed group. (laughs) And it was about getting. 
themselves out of bed. Because they were a population that needed to be served and they were being under-recognized. Right. And bringing them education and things. And again, like, these are the things that go unrecognized that feel good. And I thought back to, okay, so... This is kind of like blurring the line with like pride because the fee- I okay, so I didn't have the feeling and it didn't occur to me until the next day. That happened on a Monday. Tuesday was the opening of um, a meditation studio that I started at our center. Yeah. And I'm working with a very wonderful woman, Adrian, with my mentorship of meditation and keeping up with things and in terms of my certification. And she sent me a very beautiful email that said, I know today's your opening day and I'm sure you're feeling very many feelings, but I really hope that you take the time to sit in your studio and land in your body and take some deep breaths and take a moment to just feel proud. Feel proud that you set out to do something that you followed through with it. And I just got so tear, like not sobbing, crying, but like very teary eyed because I was like, pride like and it was the first time like I felt it like I was like oh my gosh like I did this and not just that like I did this in this space and like tried to like provide space for other therapists and for clients to be part of something and it was the very first time I felt it and it was just like I don't know that I could have recognized that before because it was my mindset of I don't know where this came from I'm sure it's Mm. very mixed of like childhood stuff and like because of my divorce and things like that of a need to prove my worth through doing enough and what like what other not what other people thought about it like I was doing it for them but subconsciously I was definitely like I'm proving I'm proving that I'm a good person I'm proving that I'm doing this and at that moment when I thought back like I was like I don't remember if I ever felt proud of myself before so I love Brene Brown and she yes. says, make yourself vulnerable. So that weekend, I spoke that. Well, first I said it to my teacher, Adriana. I said, thank you for the email. I don't think I've ever been proud of myself in my life. And she was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, man. So I voiced it again to an, uh, a couple of friends of mine. And the one was very sweet. And he said, you know, and he's a man of very few words anyway. And he said, you know, I think that one day you might just be lying in your bed and say, hmm, I did that, and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, just like yes, that. So very easy. simple, so straightforward. Very simple, very straightforward. So, yeah, it was kind of, and over the last week or so, it's been a lot of, like, contemplation of, hey, wait, you can be proud of yourself without being bragging and Absolutely. arrogant. Because every time from when we did HDS, and you were out in the community, like, Remember those grants and stuff that we have and things? We've done, and that's the thing too, is is that like, so just to give a little bit of background, since you gave some background, yeah. I've talked before too about a little bit of the upbringing that I've had. And like, one of the things that I've realized recently is, you know, I got a lot of love and support from parents, grandparents, the caregivers in my life and family, but I don't necessarily remember hearing a lot of value statements. Mm-hmm. Like, you are, you know, you are worthy mm-hmm. um, of praise. You are worthy of these things. Like, you are worthy of lots of different stuff. So, like, I love you, or like, kind of what you had talked about before, like, people saying, like, I'm proud of you, mm-hmm. but also having people validate, like, 
you should be proud of yourself too, or you are worthy of Mm -hmm. feeling this way. And so those kinds of value statements are just not, I don't think, I don't think they were things that I heard a lot. No. And I don't think, I think that maybe from parents standpoint, either they're not there, they don't recognize, or they fear. I feel like on my end, it was like a fear of being too much. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I instill this too much in them, then they'll start don't worry, we'll get into that when we get to our parenting podcast. Yeah, and how about like the Catholic, you know, upbringing? The because, guilt? <laughs> right, it's like you don't like, don't live in vain and don't like, yes. be, don't be showy and don't yes. do this and be very, and so humble. I, right. Be humble, don't brag. And yes. I struggled like in trying to do marketing and branding and things like that with putting myself out there because I was like, well, what does that mean? And, you know, what are people going to think? And it's like, actually, if you're doing that as part of your work, people might actually want that. People might actually they, like it. They might actually be learning something from yeah. it. So that was like a um, a learning point for me. But interestingly enough, I so I told a couple of my friends that, and then I was like, I'm going to take this <laughs> one step further. And so we were talking about like the awards dinner and things like that with my parents. Like we were getting tickets and whatever. And my mom said something about like, just like, I'm proud of you or whatever. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt proud of myself, like, in my life. And she was like, she was like, never. And I was like, no, like, you graduate high school because you graduate high school. And then you go to college. Because that's what and you're then supposed you get a to job, do. Yeah. And then you get another college degree. And then you do this. And it was never about, like, you're supposed to feel a certain way about it. It's just your work. It's just what you do. And I didn't realize that not all people feel that way <laughs> until, like, I started, like, observing things and being like oh no some people just really don't care so I don't know it's a so it was interesting to me because she did have that reaction like I'm shocked that you and I was like well it wouldn't that be bragging like just let's fact check this I'm almost 40 so you gotta you gotta ask your mom Mm -hmm. like is this what you meant when I was being raised and she was like no no um think about like other people that feel proud of you and it was almost like and then I was like but then there it goes like right outside of like me right it's not right it's other people outside of it but even just like what you said what you were just saying about like this is what you do like you graduate high school and then you go Mm -hmm. to college and then you do this like that I think that's something that you and I connect on because that was how I was very much raised, Mm -hmm. which is it was never about what you have just done. Mm -hmm. It's always about, and what are you doing now? And what comes next. Right. So like you finish high school. Okay. And where are you going to college? Okay, great. So you finish college and where are you working? Like it was just constant. And I remember getting to a point where Well, and even feeling what you're doing right now is enough. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and like I finally realized that I needed to just own it for myself when I was in grad school and I was working my literal butt off to get, because I was paying for it, to get Mm -hmm. the best grades that I could get and to do all that I could do. And I had finished, I don't know, it was maybe like my second semester and I was out to dinner with my sister and my dad. And I said to my dad, oh, I got straight A's. Like, I just got my grades back. I was like, I got straight A's. And his response to me was, I expect nothing less. Mm. And in that moment, because I had been going to school for being a therapist, (laughs) I had been doing a lot of work on myself. I looked at him and I said, 
what I need to hear from you right now is that's awesome, Gretchen. I'm really proud of you. Mm -hmm. And he verbatim said back to me, that's awesome, Gretchen. I'm really proud of you. And I said, thank you. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment that I realized I needed to not seek out external validation from other people. Mm And so I, I experience pride in the things that I do. What becomes surprising for me is when other people see those things in me mm-hmm. because I don't expect them to see it because I, that's something that I missed out on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't something that was ever really communicated to me. So I... <laughs> and that's so funny because I'm like, well, if other people think I'm doing good, then... Who cares if I feel that? Just keep on doing it. I know, but what's weird is like I am very actually quite uncomfortable. (laughs) You? I know, surprisingly, (laughs) when other people tell me that I am valuable to them or like when they tell me the things that they appreciate about me, that like I very, for a long time, I would dismiss any sort of compliments. It couldn't mm-hmm. be about anything. It could mm-hmm. be like, oh, your hair looks nice today. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't even know what happened. It just was like a lucky day mm-hmm. kind of thing. So whether it was about appearance or whether it was about the actual things that I was doing and the work that I was doing, it was very uncomfortable for me to take them because there wasn't something that I necessarily was like, I don't know, but are you saying that because you mean it? Because nobody else has really ne- maybe noticed those things in me. Mm-hmm. And so now today, even to this day, there are times when it is weird for me to hear it from other people, whether it just be like someone in my life, whether it be, it doesn't matter, like mm-hmm. anybody that's just like, hey, I see this in you and I appreciate that in you. And like, I've gotten better at receiving that. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. But when it's people really close to me, friends, family, people that like, you know, the weight is heavier, mm-hmm. right? And like what they say, it is... It is always surprising. Like, I see it in myself, but I'm always surprised when other people notice it. Because and you feel like they... They don't see it. I, I was wouldn't gonna say, see it. Because the expectation is, I'm not looking at your value. I'm looking at what you're doing next. Because that's always mm-hmm. that's the message that I mm-hmm. receive. So it was like, yes, that's what's expected of you. So next, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing? And what are you doing? So when someone And talk goes, more about when you hear that from somebody. Now. Yeah, right. And so like when I hear that, I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, well, you see that? Did you notice that? Like, mm-hmm. and it's weird. I don't get it. Like, I get it. Logically, I get it. Because I see it. But there's a, there's a very visceral young part of me sure that is like i thought that that i thought that that didn't count Mm -hmm. or i thought that that wasn't important or i didn't think that you could actually see that or that was well again that that ties to the that's just what i do correct that's just who i am like that's out of the ordinary so then what it fuels is this drive for perfectionism is drive for wanting to be noticed Mm -hmm. and like that's what drives me. I think that well, I was the say, perfectionism yeah. is driven by different things for different people. Right. And for me, I don't know I I don't know about part of the perfectionist piece, sure, but like that gaining of approval from it's so difficult. It's such a weird line for me because it's different with different people. I don't feel that in my work environment, I don't feel that I'm trying to gain imp- no. approval by nobody, even like my clients or my, nope. but in my personal relationships, yes. 100%. My friendships, no. And I have amazing, I have a great group of friends, but I think that that was like the, okay, so 
if you get married really young and it turns out you're not for each other, like that just also really means like you couldn't make something like that work. So mm. don't even try don't. or, and it's interesting because there was a book that I had referenced with a client and it's, it's very interesting because the guy says, and it's whether you're looking for a certain relationship or maybe you want to lose weight or whatever it is. He's like, we're constantly seeking to make ourselves right. So if yeah. you're saying there's no relationship out there for me, you're going to continuously pick people who, that are wrong for that you. That are wrong for right. you. And it's, it's like a self-fulfilling self prophecy. Get Absolutely. out of my head. You stole that <laughs> right? right out of my mouth. Or but I no, like the per- But I think perfectionism rears its ugly head in like very different forms. So say that if you think that you're perfect or you can look perfect, act perfect, you can sort of avoid the judgment and the blame from other people. Mm. I think that that is the, that's where it hit the nail on the head for me. It's like, I don't want to be vulnerable in relationships. So here we go. I'll just be really good at what I do at work. Yeah. And I'll work a lot. And, and so and now. And I'll put all my time and energy right. into that. Yeah. Or and into whatever that right. might be. Into being the best mom that you can be. The right. best wife. The best husband. The best son. The best whatever your job is. You know. And I, I really attribute a lot, a lot of the growth that I've done in that regard to meditation. I know I talk about meditation a lot. But it was said by Adriana that she met a voodoo priest. And that he was talking about like ridding your area of spirits and she said oh well i sage and um the voodoo priest said no that just brings it to the surface and oh. i feel like meditation brought so much to the surface to me that i was like shit holy <laughs> crap and it's good and it's in a good way because i could say those words to people who could help me work through that and yeah. to be like that's ridiculous and just because you feel like i worked my ass off and Getting public recognition is a very nice, like it's on. It's a very big honor because it also creates a platform to continue to use your voice in the way yes. that you want to. Yes. So that's what comes next. Yeah. You get to like see who comes into your life and make you know that next step. I I really believe that I talk with my clients about it. It get the expectations out of your head. Yes. What is the expectation of what comes next, and just see what comes next. It's a really a matter of being rather than achieving something. Yeah. Chrissy and I have talked about how much we love Brene Brown. And yes. I want to read an excerpt from another one of her books called The Gifts of Imperfection, which talks about perfectionism. Because I think this goes into exactly what we were talking about, which okay. is that perfectionism is not self-improvement. Perfectionism is, at its core, about trying to earn approval and acceptance. Most perfectionists were raised being praised for achievement and performance. Maybe grades, manners, rule following, people pleasing, appearance, sports, whatever. Somewhere along the way, we adopt this dangerous and debilitating belief system. I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. Please perform perfect. Healthy striving is self-focused. How can I improve? Perfectionism is other-focused. What will they think? Mm -hmm. And that, if that doesn't touch on everything that we've just talked about, right? Like... It's funny because I think that for me, it's like a duality. Like I am like, okay, how can I improve? But now, Mm -hmm. but I still have that thought of like, but what will other people think about what I do? Mm -hmm. Whereas in before, earlier on in my life, it was very much like what I did was based off of what other people Mm -hmm. would think. And like, again, whether it was because this is what somebody else thinks I should be doing next or well, somebody else would appreciate this. So that's what I'm going to do. 
I feel like for me, here's mine. And since we're throwing it out there on the table. Yeah. Um, it's this, I don't know enough. I'll never know enough. There's too much to learn and oh. know. So it's like sitting here now at, at my coffee table and Gretchen can take a look at the books I just happen to be reading. Oh, please, the number of books that are in my office that you steal from me. I do. And probably half of them are here on the table. They but no, are. it's And then it's this... Okay, so I want to learn more about yoga and become a yoga teacher. I want to learn more about meditation and become a meditation teacher. And then what? Do I do this? Like, do I do EMDR training because I'm interested in... Um, you know what's so funny is that... Okay, so you said, like, what was the thing that you said? That I... I'm I don't not, know I don't enough. Know enough. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's I'm expected to know everything. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's a different... So different edges of the same different sword. different edges of the same sword, mm-hmm. but the same result. Sure. I order all the books. I read all the books, all of the trainings. I'm constantly watching documentaries. Like the majority of the time that I spend, and it's weird because it's crossed this line of like, do I really enjoy this stuff? Or am I just convincing myself that I enjoy it? Because it is interesting, Mm -hmm. but I've told myself that I'm expected to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I need to read all these books. I'm expected to be proficient or knowledgeable in all of these areas. So then therefore I have to live up to that. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't, oh crap. Right. I'm going to get found out. Right. Right. I'm a shyster, you know, or something like that. Like I faked my way all this way, which is ridiculous when I say it out loud. I know. Like just saying that right now, like I've completely faked my way into being a successful therapist. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not based on brain power. Not at all. Or or like the success of people that I've worked with. No, 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 no. Or like I've shystered all these people to believe that I'm actually a good friend. Right. Like, no, I am a good friend, but there's this weird part of me that believes like, well, am I? And then when people say like, you're just so awesome or you're any sort of accolade, Mm -hmm. again, I'm always surprised. Mm -hmm. I'm always Mm -hmm. taken aback. Like, holy crap, you actually think that about me. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Very interesting. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. I'm 38 years old. You're going to be 40. We're both really close to our 40s. There's nothing wrong with being 40. Celebrate it. I can't wait to be 40. I'm so excited. To it be, is going to be a great decade. I can what's already... The, it's like 30, flirty, and thriving, but what's 40? 40 and fabulous. We're going to be 40 and fabulous. I can't wait for it. Well, it's already happening in some regards. Get this ready for the celebration. It's ready to come. Whoop, whoop. So... I think that on both sides of my family, there's been a really strong work ethic. And I was thinking back to that too, like where kind of did this come from? And my grandfather was um, the commissioner of our township here and super, super smart when it came to politics. And I remember being in seventh grade and taking an interest in and having a really difficult like college level type teacher in seventh grade and spending entire weekends with my grandfather and him like schooling me on probably more than I ever needed to know about politics. (laughs) And um, just really, I think that that set the precedence for you're smart enough to do things that are above you, if that makes Mm. sense. So like here you are, you're learning these things. And I think that his trust in me knowing that was a driving force in making me feel good. Okay. So like, and that was just, uh, again, on both sides of my family, everybody's very goal-oriented. Business yeah. is a big thing. So that never scared me. Like, a lot of social workers or therapists would be like, oh, I would go into private practice, but I would work, like, for a group of somebody. And Gretchen works with us, but believe me, she very much operates <laughs> independently. I but, I mean, n- those things, I never let fear get in the way of me trying something and giving it my best. So the, when I think of perfectionism, I didn't have to get 
A pluses all the way. And I didn't stay up. I was going to say partying sometimes. But I didn't stay up studying all night long in college. <laughs> we definitely stayed up partying. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, like, so when I think perfectionism, I think that. But it can also be uh. very different. So I want people that are listening to know you can be a perfectionist without recognizing that you don't have to get 100% on everything well, or so have here's, the best. Here's some good definitions that okay. we have, right? So good. perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect, live perfectly, and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. Mm-hmm. So like Christy well, said... Well, and that shame coming from like, every, I'll be found out absolutely, is what you said. Whatever yeah. it mm-hmm. might be, right. How perfectionism might show up in your life or whatever is driving your desire potentially to be successful or to keep achieving what's next, what's next, mm-hmm. what's next... It might be different, but ultimately, that's what I am absolutely trying to avoid shame, judgment, and blame. Mm-hmm. Perfectionism is self-destructive simply because there is no such thing as perfect. Perfection mm-hmm. is an unattainable goal. Additionally, perfectionism... So you're never going to fill that cup. Never There's going to fill that it. cup. There's a <laughs> hole in the bucket. Dear Liza, dear Liza. Do you remember that song? Yeah. I love that song. Anyway, <laughs> perfectionism is more about perception. We want to be perceived as perfect, but this is unattainable. There is no way to control other people's perception, regardless of how much time and energy we are trying to spend. Well, and I would like to put in a note there. It might not be, I want to be perceived as perfect. I want to be perceived as enough. I want to be perceived as good enough. Yes. Yes. Feeling shamed, judged, and Mm -hmm. blamed are realities of the human experience. Perfectionism actually increases the odds that we'll experience these painful emotions and often leads to self-blame. It's my fault. I'm feeling this way because I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how many people tell you what you're doing is amazing unless you feel it for yourself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can hear it over and over and over because you in your head will be like, well, that's nice. You're just saying that to blow smoke up my butt. Right? Yeah. Right? We will... Absolutely, and that's what I used to do. Is I used to or, combat um, those things. Uh, or I'm glad. I'm glad that that's enough for you, but it's not enough. I'm gonna keep right. Going. You might think it's enough, but it's not enough to me. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Christy and I were talking about, and kind of like leading up to this podcast, and what we we're gonna talk about, is the differences between where she is right now, where you are right now in your career, and what you're. I was doing. gonna say with what? <laughs> I know you're like I don't know. And also where I am right now with like my career and stuff. And so we were talking about, I know previously we've talked about in podcasts, uh, the importance of cultivating what you already have versus realizing when you want to build on or mm-hmm. grow. And, and being realistic about how much you can take on and when. And both of those mm-hmm. things, right? Like sometimes I think we stay stuck cultivating, quote unquote, when really we're scared of moving on mm-hmm. and growing. And then other times I think we're scared of being stagnant mm-hmm. and seeing that as, well, if I'm just staying the same and I'm not doing anything new, that that in some way is bad or wrong. Right. And so we realize that we are kind of two sides to a coin <laughs> in that I right now am very focused. Like, And that was something that also kind of came to my attention when I had that thought of, well, Christy's being nominated for this. I'm never going to, like, I'm not doing anything that's going to get me nominated mm-hmm. for this. And then I was kind of, it gave, made forced me to be self-reflective in why. Why am I not being nominated for this? And what are the choices that I have made in putting effort into what I already have right now? And that 
I have a family. I have a husband and children that I'm putting time and effort into. And I'm cultivating my practice as a private practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting a lot of time and effort into only doing that. Mm -hmm. Taking good care of myself, being present with my family, and trying to be the best therapist, private practitioner that I can be. Mm -hmm. And that that is okay. That I'm mm-hmm. that I'm making those choices, that I'm choosing to put my time and energy into that. And that I, even though there might be parts of me that want to volunteer, that want to take other trainings, that want to do more things, mm-hmm. that right now at this point in time in my life, it is not the time. Because right. if I did that, I would have to give up something else. Right, right, right. And I don't know where you would have to I don't know either. But I'm I know, already I've, spreading myself way too thin. But I know it's it's a very slippery slope because, again, like I... Didn't envision, okay, when when we started our practice, I didn't envision what it was going to look like. I just believed that if, and I think that I've mentioned it here before, like I had this feeling coming over me when I left Mercy and I was like, focus on the work, the money will follow. Still waiting for the money to follow. But um, <laughs> be waiting forever. Anybody that's going into social services for money is... is uh... Or entrepreneurship. And I brought this up. We've talked about this in the past too. Like... I love working with entrepreneurs because I feel like I probably understand them. But, I mean, when people with children that are entrepreneurs, like, you have to have a passion to have, like, a roller coaster like that work. When, you know, I worked with somebody who wasn't paying their electric bill because their daughter had violin classes. And and people don't see that because they're like, oh, you get to be their own boss and they get to go here. Well, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, you get to be your own boss. And, like... I just had a whole situation where I was like, yeah, I get to be my own boss. But like when I'm exhausted and when I'm sick and like Christy knows this, we don't get paid. No. We don't or have paid time Or if you have off. to take grief time, like you're not, see- you're, if you're not seeing people, you're not getting paid. Absolutely. So you do have to make sacrifices in that regard too. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. And it was funny because when I decided to do the meditation studio, I had mentioned to somebody, I was like, I have big news. And she was like, you're what? pregnant. <laughs> no. I was like, good Lord. Absolutely <laughs> Do not. Do you not know me? But I was like, um, well, I guess I give birth to businesses because when people say to you have kids, I'm like, one's eight and one's four. Like, one's out west and one's here in the north. So, I My mean, it offices. is. And, like, one of the other therapists said, too, like, she has children and she was like, people have asked me, like, why don't you own your own practice? And it was like, it's... I don't want that type of responsibility. I want my family. I want this. And of course, like, that's, you know, again, for me, I'm just like, we're going to do this and we're going to see how this works out. And so when we moved up to another building or that it was just like, it was never, failure was never an idea in my mind. And maybe I attribute that, thank you, to my pappy. For like, really. Hard work and just keep working at it. Right. And just saying like, if you don't take this opportunity, you're not going to know kind of thing. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I think that I just took that attitude, but of course that comes with sacrifice on other ends and personal life and experiences. There's two signs to every coin. So I'm so glad you brought that up, what your pappy said about... I'm not going to fail at this because I also have that tenacity. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the things, again, that connects us and that we share because when you and I are ever like, are we going to do this? Like, hello, we did a, we're doing a podcast. Like we're doing these things. The book will come. The book eventually we're getting there. (laughs) But like the groups that we've done, you know what I mean? Like all of the things, like you even just coming to me and being like, so when are you coming over? Like it was never like, are you going to come and work for us? You were like, when are you coming to work for us? Right. And I was like, I know. Calm your horses. I need some time. 
when you and I put our mind to something, there is no doubt that there is going to be success behind it. And so I think, again, there's two sides to every coin. While there's a part of that that pushes us, what's next, what's next, what's next, it's important to be able to also realize that that also is what gives us that belief that like, if I put my mind to something, Mm -hmm. I'm going to accomplish it because I know that I'm capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, again, life is about balance. And so... Yes, I can accomplish things. That's important to know and to thrive on. Mm -hmm. But in the same sense, we don't want to overlook the accomplishments that we have. Mm -hmm. We want to take time to stop and smell the roses, you know, to realize I deserve to be proud of the work that I've done, of the things that I've accomplished and that I've persevered. Sure. That, you know, I've overcome things instead of just being like, meh, okay, what's next? Because I need to focus on that. And I think the part of the email that I received from Adriana when she said, you know, be proud, not everybody, not everybody who has a goal sees it through. Ah. And I'm like, what? Then why would you do, like, really? Right? (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. I was like, no, like you make up in your mind that you're going to do this. And then you do it. And then you do it. And then it was like, (laughs) no? Okay. And, And again, that was sort of like naive on my part because... I know that I work with people and that I'm friends with people that don't see things through. And so it was like very eye opening in that regard to be like, okay, so there's not so much pressure on the end for me to have to do it. I mean, I want to, but it doesn't have to be done in that amount of time. Correct. Ultimately, you are the one that gets to place the expectations on you. Other people might have expectations, but just like opinions, everyone has assholes, right? Right. So like opinions are like assholes. So are expectations. People are going to have them of you. You know what? What other people, I've said this before, what other people think of you is none of your business. So if somebody else has expectations of you, Mm -hmm. that's not as important as what you expect of you. Sure. I, I talk to clients about this all the time because it's absolutely true. In our mind, we think if I'm not very hard on myself, I'm going to be lazy and unproductive. Oh, yeah. And yes. maybe sometimes we are a little bit, but like... It's probably because we need to be. Right? It's called rest and repose. <laughs> but so that you don't burn yourself out and drain yeah. out. Because again, like I had an incident tonight. <laughs> the joys of being an entrepreneur and taking out the garbage and running to Target. <laughs> I was at Target and this is the second time it happened to me this week. Earlier this week, I was at Sam's Club and there was one cashier to all these people like Uh, checking out and then they have the self-checkout and I was like okay this is a thing we just we consume your goods and we have to work here too now this is bullshit (laughs) and so tonight I was like hangry I had our pizza in the car I was like I just want to get home and are you kidding me this woman was like sorry I'm closed and I was like and there's one other cashier that has this long line and immediately like I'm fuming and like I'm upset and so I'm feverishly checking out my your own goods my own teas and the woman like left her kiosk and walked really hastily towards the back and then I heard the people behind me talking and they said that her husband had been rushed to the hospital and I was like you're an asshole you can you You can can buy your own groceries her poor husband like how dare you and again that's just like where our mind goes it's like immediately i'm upset that i have to do this and then i'm hard on myself for judging somebody else and then i'm you know what you I know mean? what's so funny okay, so here's the opposite of that coin i love the self-checkouts because at that point usually when i'm going to target or giant eagle that's the food store by us wherever there's a self-checkout i'm like i don't 
want a fake happy with some <laughs> cashier. Hi. Hi. How are you tonight? With but, oh, God. I'm over it by that it's point. It's the reason why I loved waitressing. But see, this is, what, this is how we're different. This is what's so funny is I'm always like, okay, I'm going to go, especially at Target, I'm going to go to the self-checkout. Well, don't you know now they have like a person that works the self-checkout <laughs> right? that comes by and is like, hi, have you signed up for our red card? I'm like, you asshole, the reason that I'm over here checking myself out is so I don't have to deal with being right. sold a credit card. Right. So it's so funny because I start to get annoyed mm-hmm. at the people who are just trying to do their job. Right. And I'm like, I came over here to check myself out so I didn't have to interact with you. And you're over here trying to like chat me up. How was your night? Can we offer your kids a sticker? I'm like, stop doing stuff for me. <laughs> Well, I, this is a great example for everybody listening, giving you a little bit of homework. Notice when you get that frustrated. Yes. Yes. You have a trigger. You're frustrated. You have a trigger. You're raging at somebody. You're angry at somebody. Somebody's really annoying you. Like, how dare she say that? And in that tone, what notice and like sit with that for a second. And there is shame behind that. And just like connecting with yourself in that moment can kind of remind yourself that, hey, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to be perfect all the time. We're yeah. like, we're allowed to be human. We're allowed to maintain balance. And again, like, I think that all of this has really opened my eyes to the success is nice, but it doesn't feel differently. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to define anything. Yeah. That, no, yeah. The definition of that. It's of like, like, okay, a title is really just a title. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, it doesn't mean that you are different as a person. It doesn't mean that your worth is over somebody else because I talked to the woman who did the selection for the um, award and she said that there were over 300 applicants and people that were nominated and there are people out there doing really great work that are never going to get a chance to get recognized in that regard or to have a platform and to really take advantage of the opportunities that you're given because again it's not about the expectation of what I'm going to achieve it's like what comes into my lap that's the work that I'm meant to do I really believe that so like as a person that might potentially not ever get recognition like you're getting recognition I think it's then even more important to say when there are people in your life Mm. that are recognizing you for whatever it is that they appreciate in you hear them Mm. Mm -hmm. take a minute if you're if you're you know kind of like what Christy said like when you're out if you're feeling an emotional reaction to that of like I want to push that away or I want to refuse that sit with it and Mm -hmm. check in with yourself and just kind of like maybe explore that a little bit. Why is it that you maybe are not comfortable with receiving praise from others or recognition or hearing the things about you that somebody else appreciates or loves or, Mm -hmm. you know, admires that, that if anything, I think sometimes can be so uncomfortable. We get very uh, used to criticism mm-hmm. even though we might not like it we get used to it so when we hear positive reinforcement or positive praise it is almost more uncomfortable than criticism even though we want it yeah that's true I think about that in terms of feedback too because in being new to a profession of like doing this meditation stuff like after my class tonight I said to the people okay so what about like this part like what did you, what think? Did you like yeah. it? and they're like yeah it's good and I'm like, no, I mean, like, no, give me different, more. better, like, <laughs> this part I didn't like, like, no, no, really good. I'm like, oh, God. 
we're, so you work it, on it with them. Take it for what it's worth because we can always improve, but it is again about what Gretchen said earlier, striking balance. Yeah. We can always improve, but sometimes we just need to hear that what we're doing is good enough. Yeah. It's enough. Sometimes we just need to hear that we're enough. Yes. Well, thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen. And Christy. If you like our show and want more information, uh, you can connect with us on our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.